0: Welcome to the Tech Inclusion Podcast. I'm your host, Juliet Roy. At Tech Inclusion, we bring you the voices from changemakers, leaders, and innovators who drive diversity and inclusion innovation in the tech ecosystem and beyond. Today, it is my pleasure to welcome Sabine Ali, CEO and founder of Angel Act, to the show. Sabine launched Angel Act in 2011 and the non-profit Code for a Cause in 2014. Sabine is one of the few female CEO in the tech industry. Today, I'm talking to her about her experience as a leader in the tech world, why diversity is the DNA of the company, and what needs to happen to make the tech industry a more inclusive place. Welcome to the show, Sabine. Glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Sure.
1: Uh, well, I have been running AngelHack for the past five and a half years. Before that, I had another startup called Team Building ROI, and I sold that one to focus on AngelHack. Prior to that, I was at USF getting my master's in organizational development. I love gardening, uh, I love basketball, and I love pizza. That
0: sounds amazing. Can you tell us what is AngelHack? Act?
1: Yeah, AngelHack is the world's largest developer ecosystem, and what that means is that we have over 125,000 developers in our community that attend our events, uh, follow our newsletters, they engage with our community, and what we do is we work with our corporate clients. These are individuals like, you know, Procter & Gamble and Capital One and MasterCard Anheuser-Busch, etc. And we connect them to these developers. The way that we do it is to speak the developer language and really make sure that anytime that we're working with a client that has needs from developers, uh, that they understand how to approach developers and that they make sure that there's, you know, an initiative there that the developers will definitely benefit
0: from. So do you have a tech background? Are you a programmer yourself?
1: I don't have a tech background. I've dabbled in coding here and there. I definitely love tinkering with the AngelHack website, but I would never ever deem myself a coder. You know, you don't necessarily have to have a technical skill to be a value in Silicon Valley and to be a value to developers. And really my education at USF taught me the value of soft skills and being able to speak and communicate and pitch and, you know, run P&Ls and create business plans, etc. And so I made it my mission to, you know, support developers in the best way that I knew how.
0: Yeah, and I really like that, that it's coming from a woman because the developer world is very male.
1: Mm-hmm. Orientated
0: and they sometimes have a different way of thinking and seeing the world that we do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think that obviously, you know, there it is a pervasively male dominated industry. However, you know, there's organizations like Angel Hack and, you know, Girls in Tech and Women Who Code and you know, also our corporate partners like Capital One and P and G that have a strong initiative in making sure that there's a lot of diversity in the industry and doing that in the right way. I know there's a lot of other organizations that really criticize the industry for being male dominated, but they're not really adding to the conversation or analyzing the situation and providing solutions. So it's really, really important to make sure that you know, we surround ourselves with critically thinking individuals that are not looking to just point the finger, rather to assume some responsibility for bringing out diversity
0: in the community. So for the people who don't know what is a hackathon, how would you explain it?
1: Yeah. So hackathon is typically an overnight a software coding competition where people who have ideas for apps or platforms can get together with people who have you know business skills and coding skills and team up and over the span of usually 36 or 48 hours create this app. At the end of the hackathon experience, all of the teams pitch what they created. And uh, at the end of the angel hack experience, we pick one winning team from each one of our hackathons to be a part of our accelerator, which is a 12-week accelerator program, at the end of which a lot of our teams get into YC, Techstars, 500 Startups, and or Get Seed Investment.
0: So is anyone
1: welcome to a hackathon? Oh yeah, absolutely. Male, female, young, old, moms, dads, children. We've really seen it all and we actually embrace it all. We very, very hard to make it an inclusive environment. I know firsthand I have two young girls that I've been bringing to hackathons for a very long time, for the past five and a half years. So I want to make sure that it's an environment that suits everybody's needs and everyone is safe and comfortable. I don't think I have a most memorable hackathon. I always say that, you know, I've done hundreds of hackathons. We, we do 100 hackathons every single year, so you can do the math of being in this business for the past five and a half years. The most recent hack that I went to was one we did with um, Procter & Gamble, and somebody created a virtual reality app or platform uh, that synchronized with your... Alexa and also your Febreze. So if you wanted to you know, sit in your lounge chair, but put on your VR goggles and feel like that you're in Hawaii, well, you can have the sound and the smell in order to have that experience. And I just thought that was, you know, like things like that, some of the most simple things that it's, you know, you walk away and you're like, yeah, of course. Like, I can't believe that doesn't already exist, but it doesn't.
0: So do you want to talk a little bit about the Lady Problems Hackathon that I know you've worked
1: on? Yeah, sure. So last year, we organized a series of hackathons called Lady Problems, a hackathon series addressing problems that prevent female entrepreneurship. And, you know, the impetus for this, uh, the idea, came from talking to a lot of different corporate clients that had maybe varying ideas on how to solve This problem, you know, everybody wanted to participate and wanted to be a part of the solution, yet, you know, they couldn't really rally around one way to approach it. So what we decided to do as an organization is just take a huge risk and build out a hackathon series that, you know, based upon our research and based upon our own experiences, we're, you know, majority female team we thought would be relevant and then you know it started out as a five city event series It turned into 14 cities with major major you know fortune 100 fortune 500 companies supporting it and we were able to cultivate a lot of solutions that are hopefully going to be making a big impression in women in entrepreneurship very soon. So we picked one winning team from each one of the cities that we were in. We're working with those winning teams right now to take those solutions to market. Okay. So what is Tech for Good? Yeah. Tech for Good is really a broad concept. And, you know, we started tinkering with this idea about two, three years ago when we opened up our global series to nonprofits. And you know, there's so many nonprofits out there that are doing just some amazing work, and yet they don't have the bandwidth or the resources to be able to have some tech solutions that are going to make their lives so much better and their businesses so much more efficient and scale their solutions. And so we started thinking about, you know, how do we get our developers to get involved in building solutions for social good, building solutions for nonprofit, and, you know, we stumbled upon the notion that we wanted to create whole developers. And what that basically means is a developer that takes into consideration the environment around them and wants to contribute to be a active, socially responsible individual. And, you know, we should all be using our skill set to make the environment that we live in better and, you know, be socially conscious individuals. And so Tech for Good is really about leveraging technical skills for a good cause, and it could be applied to really anything that anyone wants to do as long as it's, you know, leveraging their best skills and applying it to something that's going to make the world a better place. We have our nonprofit called Code for a Cause, which is, you know, pretty much the same exact thing. We want to leverage technology to do good and Code for Cause does various activities like finding nonprofits and pairing them up with individuals in our developer community. To you know, allowing nonprofits to come in and propose a challenge to our developer community at any one of our events.
0: Do you remember what kind of challenge were brought to the yeah to you the know, nonprofit a few years
1: ago? We had this organization called the Alliance Institute, and. They were based out of the NOLA region in Louisiana and, and around that belt of the US where they are you know, unfortunately dealing with oil spills, tornadoes, landmass loss, and a number of different things, unfortunately, both natural and unnatural. And they came to one of our hackathons. It was in Brooklyn. And they just had a massive amount of data. And what they wanted to do was create a solution that would help people from their region, Louisiana, Alabama, all of that area, to know what to do in case any one of these disasters happened. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges was in that region alone, there's, I would say, you know, I think two dozen, if not more, languages that are spoken. And, again, not knowing what type of disaster they're dealing with, and a lot of disparity in the socioeconomic positioning of people. So some people have cell phones and computers, while other people do not. And so they brought all this data, they brought this problem, and they presented it to our community in Brooklyn. And we had a handful of really, really wonderful teams working on a solution. We picked one and the Alliance Institute actually worked with those individuals. After a few months of time of incubating their prototype, we actually all went to Louisiana together and we visited a lot of families that were affected by these disasters. We visited a lot of the centers that are responsible for dealing with individuals and families when they're affected by the disasters. And We implemented the technology there and we, you know, handed it over to individuals so that they could start using it. I just thought that was so powerful. The team that won, there were four students from Pace University. And they just dedicated their free time to this project. And I'm you know, almost certain that it changed people's lives.
0: I'm your host, Juliet Roy, and you are listening to the Tech Inclusion Podcast. I'm talking to Sabine Ali, CEO and founder of AngelHack, a community that brings together developers, corporations, and nonprofits to tackle problems and find solutions. Can you talk about your community? Like on your website, it says that you have 125,000 community members, that you have organized 250 hackathons in 44 different countries and 92 cities, and that 150 startups were created.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our community is everything. You know, we are we're at the core of it, a event planning business. Uh, we throw amazing parties, and if nobody shows up to the party, then who are we? And so, you know, our community is really our lifeline. Majority of our community is male in their late 20s. However, we have one of the most diverse communities out there, and we have the largest population of female hackers of any of these type of developer communities. Last time we checked, and it's probably higher now, it was at 17%. And although it doesn't sound like a lot in the community, that's actually a massive number. Um, and we've, you know, really methodically worked on making sure that we're adding to that number every single year. Uh, I feel like that there's one common thread amongst all of our community members. And that's really the first thing that drew me into the first hackathon is people were so readily open to sharing how they do things. And, you know, even though it's a quote unquote competition at our hackathons, it really isn't. You have teams, you know, jumping over, helping other teams work on a bug and teaching them how to do X, Y and Z. And to me, that's really something that makes our community so electric.
0: And what about the company community? Like how many people, what's your female-male ratio, different background ratio?
1: So for AngelHack, we are a majority female team. I would say that we have about 15 team members and I think I can count 10 females, five males, plus or minus. A good portion of our team is based in San Francisco and Sacramento. Then we have team members in Europe, in Vietnam, in India, right now based in the Middle East, floating around in Latin America.
0: What about your advisory board?
1: Our advisory board includes Mark Cuban, Ben Parr, Craig Amelia, Frank Vial. I've actually been trying to get a female to join our advisory board for quite some time. And these are one of those things, right, that, you know, there's a lot of women out there that criticize the lack of female involvement in the tech industry, but then when there's opportunities like this, you know, for various reasons, you know, I myself understand working a full-time job and, you know, having two young children, it's really hard to have extra commitment, but yeah, we're definitely lacking some female advisory involvement, and, you know, we're very, very open to anyone who's interested in joining and has something to add to that board.
0: What solution would you like to see to create a more inclusive tech ecosystem? So, one of the main things that I have been the biggest advocate
1: of and I've actually been pushing myself to do is to actually be part of the conversation a lot more, take on a lot more speaking opportunities and, you know, have a lot of self-reflection in these speaking opportunities. It's really hard to a make the time. You know, I think that most women's personality is a little bit different than men where it takes us a little bit more thought process and maybe confidence building to get on a stage. And, you know, honestly, I think women are scrutinized a little bit more as well. So we want to make sure that what we're saying is valid and there's some backing to it and there's some value to it. So I think there's a lot of thought process there. The main thing is to get women talking about their stories and sharing their stories and, That way, we all understand that there's no one way to be involved in the tech community. There's no one way to be an entrepreneur or a founder. You know, when I started talking about my story, there was really very, very few people, if any, that have two kids and selling one startup to join another startup with a stay-at-home dad. And, you know, it's messy and it's scary. But as I started talking about this... And it took me some time. I realized that you know people were echoing my story and echoing my experiences. And I think that that's incredibly powerful. It brings a lot of confidence and similarity amongst our community.
0: What are the challenges and opportunities of being a woman CEO of a tech company? I
1: think that there's a lot of opportunity being a woman CEO because along the lines of the fact that you know there are so few of us, we get to charter unchartered territory. There is no one right way of doing things. We're constantly glass breaking and creating our new way of going about doing things. So in a sense that, you know, that's empowering, but it's also challenging at the same time because there are some days where I wake up and I'm just like, can someone just tell me, you know, what steps to go through today? And then of course, there's the typical challenges. You know, women get less funding. Women have to speak up more and more often in order to actually get heard. You know, there's the imposter syndrome. All of these things are very real. They're not just statistics. You know, I live them and breathe them every single day. I've sat in meetings where I've had a male intern sitting next to me and the entire conversation has been directed towards him. You know, I've had in sales calls where the same exact thing happens. And so, you know, there's very real, regular, daily things that we have to deal with. As well as finding investors, finding strategic business partners, making sure that you are always toting the line between being fierce and confident and having your charm and grace as a woman. So, you know, these are challenges, but I think also blessings to be able to embrace and charter new territory.
0: So, what would you recommend to the listeners? Who might be inspired by what you have achieved and want to follow your path?
1: I would recommend to the listeners to get out there and start talking about your own story. Everybody has a story to tell, even if you feel like you are not even at the beginning of your path. That's even something to talk about. Talk about what it is that you want to achieve, and then you know, get out there and be a part of an Angel Hack Hackathon. If you are in an organization where you feel. That you can sponsor an Angel Hack Hackathon, or you can be a judge, or you can be a mentor. You know, get involved in some way. It is going to take some time, you know, and some commitment overall, but I think that that's a very, very easy and understandable way to join the community and be a part of
0: creating a change. Can you share a personal story about diversity?
1: My personal story about diversity is probably a little bit more unique than you typically understand what diversity is. I think the moment people hear the word diversity, they're thinking about race and they're thinking about gender. Uh, and you know all of that is well and true, but diversity comes in many forms. I come from a very unique background where I honestly, you know started my first company so that I could have more time with my kids and so that I could, you know, work at home while also keeping an eye on them. Thankfully, my company did very well. And, you know, we had to adjust and come up with some very unique and different ways, which is diversity, to adjust to the growth of the company and the success and the lifestyle that we wanted to have. And, you know, and so at that point in time, my husband and I decided to, you know, have one person stay at home and one person work. And I think that that's quite unique. You know, back then, this is over five years ago, that was a very, very unique way to approach family living, approach your career. And so I think my story about diversity is that there's no one right way. Diverse can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It could mean being in an organization and making sure that you have the right ratio of male to female or the right balance of ethnicities. Diverse could be that you you find multiple ways to uh, be an entrepreneur and achieve your dream. So, yeah, that's my story.
0: Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah. It was great to hear the story of Angel Act and your your story, and we're wishing uh, you uh, good luck and success. Thanks for having me. If you like what you heard, please visit changecatalyst.co slash podcast. To learn from more leaders and entrepreneurs, making a difference in building a more inclusive world. If you enjoy this episode, you can support us by leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. We always welcome feedback. You can reach me at Juliet at Thank you for listening.